What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote, and with me on the panel today is... Roger Mate, Blaine Longjohn, and Johnny Morales. And this is our review show. If you haven't listened to us before, we do two podcasts a week. Uh, this week is going to be our, or this episode is going to be our review. Uh, and then on Sunday, we will have our preview episode out. If you haven't listened to us before, we have uh, three comics that we're going to be reviewing first. One from Marvel, one from DC, and an indie book. This week it's Image. We have a lightning round where we get to kind of talk about whatever we want for one minute. And God willing, we're going to stick to that tonight. And then we have a graphic novel review, and tonight's going to be a great graphic novel that I've been looking forward to reviewing. Um, and then I think we're going to try to answer some questions that we got from Facebook. So without further ado, let's launch into the uh, the comic reviews and kind of get things rolling with that. So we'll start off with Black Panther number five, written by... Give me help on the first name. Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, and then uh, Chris Sprouse on art. Um, so, Blaine, let's I, start with you. I enjoyed this book um, for not reading any of the previous issues at all. It was a uh, it was a cool intro set up to kind of like this terrorist group that's trying to do a military kind of coup d'état, take over Wakanda, and do things their way. A lot of cool kind of you know repulsor bombs in the chest, suicide bomber stuff. You know, I got to see Black Panther beat people up. <laughs> you know, all in all, it was, that's for always me, good. For me, that's it was always good. It, yep. That was that was awesome for me. I, I got to start off by saying I was a bit underwhelmed considering the buzz I heard about this book. Um, not not that anything was downright terrible about it, but nothing was as great as I was kind of led to believe by by things I've heard about it. Um, you know, the art was great. You know, it's a pretty book. Don't get me wrong. But I, I'm i going to throw it to Roger because we had kind of the same pet peeve and we were talking about it before this. So, Roger. Yeah, well, you know, it was kind of interesting because I had a customer come in the shop today who's current on Black Panther. And he had a, he, he confessed that after two or three issues, he was thinking about uh, stopping the book until the fourth issue. And then he, he where he said it, it picked up and he was really excited by it. Uh, and so he was excited to read issue five, which we just read. And I, you know, I was kind of like, okay, I don't want to say anything because it was, you know, it was, it was a relatively slow book, uh, methodical. Um, it's, it's well-written. The art's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. but I have, you know, the, the, the biggest issue that I have with it is, um, this scene that kind of goes through about at least a third of the book where, where T'Challa goes to. Uh, basically these despots and dictators uh, people that he would not normally associate with right I mean these these guys are the worst Madripoor the worst places that you can think of in the Marvel Universe yeah even I think one guy was from Genosha yeah you know so jeez um, but he, he goes to them to find out what they do to keep uh, peace in, in their country. And kind of how to quell their rebellions when they pop up. Exactly. Because this is something that the Wakandans haven't dealt with before. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've pretty much been a peaceful, very prosperous people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, but this, this particular tactic by T'Challa really kind of blew me away because we're talking about, you know, a guy with a, a super genius level intellect who is a beneficent you know, King who wants nothing but the benefit, you know, and, and goodwill of his people, 
you know, going to these dictators, he should know, he should know that, that what these guys do to, to keep power and peace is unethical and immoral. He should have known that. And that's kind of what, what he got from it. But I, I thought, you know, this was, this seemed out of character for T'Challa yes. for me. Mm-hmm. Because, now I have to say, I haven't read a ton of Black Panther, but he's been in other things that I've read. And the one thing that's been consistent through every appearance that I've seen is the the nobility factor that always seems to come along with T'Challa, and that's what makes him such an interesting character. Mm-hmm. So that was the tough thing for me to swallow as well. Did you have something that you yeah, wanted to... Yeah, so basically the premise is, you know, Wakanda, uh, a part of Wakanda doesn't agree with what Black Panther is doing. Uh, they're saying he wants to be a hero instead of a king, and it basically uh, sets these events uh, causing a civil war with... Um, you know, with the uh, other people that are on uh, T'Challa's side. And uh, albeit that's an amazing premise and I would love to read a book like that, I just felt this um, this book wasn't, I don't know, it didn't deliver. It, you can tell that Ta-Nehisi Coates is a, an amazing pro, prose, um, you know, novelist, but I, I, I feel like he still hasn't found his footing in the comic book page. Uh, the art is amazing. I could just uh, stare at it for long periods of time, but I think Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, has some work to do with Black Panther. Yeah. So, anybody else have anything you want to add to it? Let's. I, I liked your previous Black Panther stuff that I've read, too. You, uh, you get the idea that there aren't that many... Wakandans. Yes. So when you lose always been even an issue. one, it's it's a big deal. And their queen, Shuri, his sister, is like, wasn't she like almost mortally wounded? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And add to the fact that you have a bunch of the the Wakandans that are putting bombs in their chest. Yeah. You to uh, go. It's so it's just like the thing that became sacred, where uh, T'Challa was protecting all the life of his people, just now just seems to be the the thing that they're throwing out everywhere and it's it doesn't seem to weigh enough on him as the king i think he was going going for the at all costs ruler kind of thing but it came off wrong yeah i i I really i agree with you john he's a great writer yeah no 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 i I just want to get to some star reading so we get to talk about the next book that i'm stoked to talk about so what would you give it star reading wise star reading wise i will give uh, uh, we'll do three out of five three out of five for you yeah all right roger three Yep, I'd go three. I'm going to go three also. Uh, two, and, uh, two and a half to three, because I just, this was a tough one for me. I just, I because of how I heard about it, I wanted to like it, and it didn't pull me into the story. Johnny? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like you said, unfortunately, it was it was kind of boring, you know? Uh, so, yeah, two and a half. This book is uh, average, you know, mediocre to average at best. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and transfer over to the book that totally mind screwed me this week. Yes. Um, yes. Black Monday Murders by Jonathan Hickman. And uh, is it Tom or Tim? Tim it's gonna, Coker? It's going to be Tom it's Coker. Tom Coker. Yes, Excuse Tom me. Coker. Yeah. Tom Coker. Okay. First of all, this is not a child's book at all. Do not give any <laughs> anybody that's under the age of 17 this book. Second of all, holy crap. <laughs> In one issue, Hickman just launches into this insane premise, insane plot. Earlier when when me and Roger were talking about it, I kind of threw the gauntlet at him to give me a canned pitch, Mm -hmm. uh, much like how he has for East of West and some other books. And I want to see if you you have. I can't do it. No, no, I can't do it. Look, I you know I've been thinking about that you know all day, and I've tried on a few customers, but it it takes me so long. I can't I can't do a a ten or fifteen second pitch for this book. 
the closest thing that that I could do is it's like you know if you if you take the premise or, or the uh, the old adage that money is the root of all evil yes and you make that real you know and you say that you know that there's this this you know occult group in the the finance industry that has struck a deal with the devil to to for power and control. Mm-hmm. You know, but that but that doesn't even come close. <laughs> that I mean, still, it's the uh, surface. So, can you it's, give us a, a rough, um, you know, synopsis of this so the listeners at home can, uh, you know, we're that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> that was yeah. about as close, I think, as you can get. Yeah, right? this, yeah. this is a said. this is a tough one. Look, I've never opened a comic before, and on the first page had a table of content staring me in the face. I, I mean, it was. I was like, "What? What yeah. is this?" <laughs> it's a. Yeah. We and should note that it's a thick book. It's, it's a, a very four ninety nine comic. And it is dense. It's yeah. jam-packed with story. It's and a, it's a slow burn. Right. It's a four ninety nine image book, which makes, you know, I mean, that means that it doesn't have any ads. And it's twice as much content. It's 51 so, pages. Yeah. yeah. You get your you bang for your buck. I like what you said in that it's money is the root of all evil. It really plays on the fact that money and power have had this dominant hold over mankind forever. And it adds that whole sect of it of what if it wasn't just money and power what if there was something, something else right. play. something, something now we should we it. should yeah. note that this book takes place in two different time periods now in 29 yeah right? 1929 during yes. the, the right before crash. the crash the right? during crash. the crash yeah. the big one the great yeah. depression and all that right mm-hmm. uh, well yeah just, the book starts at, at the morning of the, the big market crash. Yes. taking yeah. a dump yeah. yes and then it jumps to 2016 well, and we kind of see what uh, we're given a, images of what's kind of going on then and what's going on now with what we assume are some crash. of the same characters. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, and it's like yes. it's like the, the second part is October of 2016, and I look at my calendar and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like this is this is only like three months away. Yeah, um, but it, it's so good. The Rothschilds. Yeah, I mean, yes, you did some research though. Oh, on I went. This. I you went, went deep. I went deep, man. So this, t- uh, give me, give me a quick little thing uh, what you researched. The the f- the thing that stuck out to me was the fact that one of the uh, the matriarchs of the Rothschilds family in this book is uh, billed. I think 116 is when she finally dies. Jeez. And she was, yeah, she was. They old. are ultimate. They're ultimately described as like prophets of of doom. Yeah. And. Uh, you, you you go into the history of this family and there's a lot of conspiracy theories that are real that exist today. Wait. These guys go back to, you know, old, old Europe, old Germany, pre-World War One, when, when credit was invented, the usurers, they were, they were these lenders that, you know, nobody else was allowed to do it because of faith. And this group of people were the lenders and the creditors. This this is a real group of uh, people. The Rothschilds. Yeah. There's oh. there's real. You, it's based in oh. like an alternate history kind of really? thing. Really. Yeah. This is all of your fears come true. It goes back to the true. Great Crash of twenty nine yeah. when the market fell through. My then, my my grade just went up a little bit because wow, I <laughs> right. did not know yeah. that. It's spooky. Um, and and here's the thing, guys. Hickman Hickman tweeted out like, "Hey guys, Black Monday Murders is out today, and it's the most evil book on the stands." And by Amen. God, he Amen is right. On the back cover, and Providence it says, came out. all hail God Mammon at the, the back. The Lord of Money. I mean, yeah. he's greed. In other and cultures, it's, it, you know. We should also note that that it's not just about all these evil characters. There is a protagonist. Yes, great detective. Um, and he's a, he's a detective, and he seems to be a detective that has something in line with, like, the supernatural. Voodoo, man. Yeah. Voodoo, yeah. It's bone yeah. magic. Yeah, so, it's, that's... Um, which... which Somebody put somebody puts him on this case, and yeah. b- and before you know, before heading out, 
he cast bones on his desk <laughs> to see. You know, he says, to, "Talk to me, Pappy." To, there's to a right. There's a lot of uh, looking for counsel from his from his granddad. So, and uh, great book. Oh yeah, God. it's it's a killer book. Okay, so that's all the time we're gonna spend on. It. So give me give me a star rating. Five out of five. Five out of five. Oh, absolutely. I, I did a five out of five. I mean, it was amazing. I, I'm I'm gonna say the same just because like it was such a massive issue with like all kinds of questions raised hickman's world building is still top notch yes. johnny uh, i'm gonna give it a four and a half, four uh, and a half? <laughs> yes but it very close to five it's just i i think i'm i'm a little tired of these supernatural books but i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> pick up the second issue i'm very very interested i think yeah. people should pick up this issue all right let's go to our third book here all-star batman number one by scott snyder and john ramita jr so I'll, I'm going to start off on this one just saying I was really looking forward to this book, and uh, that's not to, to ca- cast worry in any of the listeners here. I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would at first. Um, it's definitely – Snyder is a slow burn guy. He, he starts off you know, building stories a little bit slower than, than most people, but he did start a little faster in this one. Just not what I was expecting from all the teasers him talking about how like just off the the charts this the story was going to be. Now I expect it to be in the next yeah, of issue, but um I I enjoyed it. Had so, the pacing a zero year? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a good point. It, it, it does have the pacing. Colors a zero year. A zero year. Uh, I know it yeah. <laughs> wasn't Capullo's art by any means, but right. So uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I find it funny that there's always something. Some little, uh, you know, fun fact that Batman knows all the time, you know, pertaining to his current situation. In almost all of Snyder's books, there's always like, oh, fun fact, you know, like um, the goblins were uh, in the Wayne Manor, you know, they had 13 floors and, and, and things like that. You know, it's like these little fun facts and he always puts them in, well, at, at least I've always seen them in Batman books. Uh, I I don't like John Romita art. That's just me. Um so that was kind of like with, a... <laughs> with John Romita Jr., uh-huh. I, I like him. And I, I understand why some people don't like him. But right. every time I start a story with his art, there's a brief recalibration period for me as I read it. And it's okay. kind of like, okay, I'm used to it and I dig it. Same here. Yeah. I, I have the exact same... You know, I started... I, when I open up a, a book with, with uh, Romita Jr.'s art, I, I have to stop for a second. And then, you know, w- within two or three pages, I'm, I'm sold. Yeah. And I and it, it, that's kind of how I've always felt. So I, I think it's a, it's it's a combination of the faces, and I don't know if he uses the same colorist for every one of his books, but it, he always has these kind of uh, same a little bit muddied uh, colors uh, in most of his books, and I think that just uh, turns me off of the book. But like you guys said, once I'm a few issues in, I, I do you know get used to it, and I can enjoy the story for yeah. what it is. So. Being the fact that Blaine's the Batman guy, I'm going to yeah. toss it to you first because I know you have like massive bat worship. Mm-hmm. And then me and Roger are going to talk about our pet peeve that okay. we, the, the, the one thing that There's really. There's only one. Yeah, yeah, it's the only pet peeve and it's the only thing that really brought the book down for me. And I, so go ahead, state your case because I agree with you almost like 100% on, on what you're going to say. So go Fun, ahead. Fun, bright book, different, different feel Explain to what you're. the premise too. The premise is Two Face. Is going somewhere, and he needs to get there, and it's very important. To a house, Two Face or Harvey Dent, because we kind of get the duality in this book a lot. That's the question. There's there's so much I could talk about. Um, the the setup though is they're going on a road trip, and uh, Two Face puts out a hit essentially on Batman to break him out, 
to pay, and he's going to pay for this with all the secrets he knows. And the much. secrets that he knows, I really like that uh, they did this. He has a tre- treasure trove of knowledge. Yes. He knows things that Batman doesn't know. He knows things that a lot of people don't know. He was a DA for mm-hmm. a long time. So for for you to have that information in the criminal world, it's like he said, if the pe- the penguin's going to send somebody that's, that's now, worth worth it. And talk. they took B-villains. Yes, Killer that's what Moth, I was about to say. Talk about the B-villains. Firefly. I mean, Black Spider. These these villains that, by all regards, are, are not that great. Right. And made them look cool, in my opinion. I, I thought they looked awesome. I thought the redesigns were kind of cool. The too. setup yeah. was great. I like Firefly and Killer Moth as a team. Black Spider was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get Batman with a chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. That's the one, like, what? When it Two, came up. Two-Face, the way that Snyder writes Two-Face, he, he has this thing. I really like can, his Two-Face He gets so the far. voices of his villains very well. This felt like I was reading the animated series Two-Face, Big Bad Harv, talking to me. Mm, that's mm, a yeah. good callback. Yeah, it, right. was, it was good. The art. All right. Uh, we gotta, I, sorry, guys. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I, the reason I threw it to you is because you are the bat guy. Yeah. All right. So the, the pet peeve. <laughs> that I had with this book uh-huh. was we're talking about all the knowledge that Harvey Dent has on people. Batman is originally flying the bat jet yes. with Harvey Dent and he gets shot down. Mm-hmm. The person that shot him down was Alfred. Spoilers. Yes. Yeah. Spoilers. Massive spoilers. And he says, I'm sorry, Mr. Wayne, like and, and as if Bruce doesn't know who shot him down. Yeah. And I was like, how far... Does this because de- Alfred's he's got a clean nose. There's no way. Or does he? MI6, if, man. If, this is sacrilege. If Snyder does something with Alfred. Well, Alfred Alfred has a background in, in espionage and that's five minutes right there. Go ahead if you want to throw something in. Yeah, hey, one thing. Look, I, I will say this. That it's the one thing that really kind of threw me off and I couldn't believe that Snyder did it. You know, this, this thing with Alfred. Oh, there is. But it is also to to, to Snyder's credit, it's the one thing that will make me come back and read this book. He knows because something that Alfred I, There's knows. a lot to love in this book. Overall, you know, I'm not a Snyder fan, um, and I, I thought on the whole it was okay, but I will come back and and read this series issue after issue until I get answers about yes. what Alfred's role in it was. So let's start with some, some star stuff. What What's your rating on this, Johnny? Um, I would give it a three and a half. Uh, the half only because of that splash page with Batman and the Chainsaw and the backup story with Declan Shelby art. I love Declan Shelby. You like so, Declan Shelby? Yeah. yeah. Uh, three and a half. Three and a half. I'm going to go three and a half as well because I, I am a Snyder fan and this, this is, if you've liked his new 52 run, this is tonally very similar. It's a little bit more amped up than some of the way his story arcs have started in the past. Um, I dig Romita's Batman so far. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say a strong three and a half. Um, mm, I'm going to go two and a half. Uh, there, there's a lot to love in this book, but I'm just... Look, this is just personal. It's yeah. not. It's you know. It's a Snyder thing. He doesn't really do it for me. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two and a half. All right, Blaine. Four point three out of five. You can't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> des- we're adopting the decimal system in this oh, episode. Man. We're doing the hundred point system now. And the only reason that it isn't higher is, uh, I think it the like you said the tone was a little bit. New Fifty Two Snyder, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it felt like Zero Year, mm-hmm. but overall, great start, cool last page, gentleman yes. ghost, 
Yes. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That Loved was it. oh, that was so good. I with an Uzi. Is this out of condu- continuity? It's no. with it's within, it's within continuity, continuity. Uh-huh. but it's outside of the current story arc. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. That's why he has the new suit. So we're gonna go ahead and transfer into some lightning rounds. Johnny, you want to go first? Are you prepared? Do you need somebody else yeah. to go? Yeah. No, no, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Um, okay, so uh, my lightning round consists of... All right, a, hang on. Let's make sure you got a minute. Go. <laughs> uh, consists of a little webcomic called JL and the number 8. JL8? Yeah. It, it's basically Tiny Titans, but with the Justice League. And it's just these little adventures that the Justice League has. Like, um, Batman actually has a stuffed animal, a stuffed bird, and that's actually his Robin and he talks to it when he's had a bad day. And it's just cute and- if the, You got the artist on there? Cause he's great. Yes, the artist is, uh, the artist and writer is Yale Stewart. Stewart yep. And man, I it's one of my favorite little it's, comics to it's read. It's 300 panels in or something yes. like that. Yes, uh, I think it's a 222. Yes. But, uh, like yeah. So the, the URL is limbero, that's L-I-M-B-E-R-O uh, dot org slash jl8 slash one uh, if you guys want to go ahead and read that with your kids i think it's a, a lot of fun for anybody that enjoys uh, the justice league and kids comics all right so we good all right who wants to go next blaine i'll go next let's go um hi i want to talk about teen titans earth one volume two did you read it i have i just got it right now excellent um i've read volume one jeff lemire new artist it was the uh, the dodsons uh, Andy and Rachel, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry. Yeah, Terry, I'm sorry. New artist, uh, Andy McDonald. Not familiar with his work. Uh, all these Earth One books are awesome, guys. Check these out. If you're new to comics and you want to get into something that you don't feel like you're out of place in this universe, this is a good place to start. The Superman book, the Batman book, Wonder Woman. I think Jonathan can kind of mm-hmm. attest to that. You too, Roger. Absolutely. Jeff Johns' Batman, Say No More. Mm. I mean, mm. I yep. loved it. Great books. Yeah. Yep. All right, Roger. Okay, yeah, this is totally non-comic related, but I thought I'd have a little bit of fun. Um, I was reminded of this story during Comic-Con. We went out to dinner with some friends, and this story came up. It's just a lot of fun. I think everybody as a child growing up knows that, you know, you've got stories that your parents don't find out about until... Until much later <laughs> than yeah. it happened, I've got I've got a million of those stories. Some of you guys have, have heard a few if you've hung out in the shop for a while. But uh, one of the things, one of my claims to fame is I've only ever broken one bone in my body, and it was and I, I, it was too young for me to remember it. I broke my collarbone when I was a baby, and for years I was given the. This is basically. A, a story that it goes both ways okay okay so i was i was i was uh, told for years that i broke my collarbone climbing out of my crib that i you know i was like this little indiana jones baby full of adventure okay <laughs> climbing out of my crib broke my collarbone well about seven years ago i was having a couple beers with my father and he comes out and he goes I'll never forget the time when I was throwing you up in the air. Oh, God. And I missed you. No. And I was like, I put my beer down and I was like, what? That's, no. That's not the story I've heard my Roger, whole life. No. So I was like, I was like, oh my God, it really did. It goes both ways. That's, you know? that's the universe so, talking to you. Awesome. Wow. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. little insight into my world. Awesome. Yeah. Great story, All right, Roger. I'm going to do a very fast lightning round. Uh, hopefully uh, this will make up for some of the time here. 
Uh, I got a couple of shout outs to some people that have been supporting this podcast and actually a couple of guys that reviewed it on uh, iTunes. Thank you guys so much. First of all, big shout out to Will Montero. Dude, thank you for the the share on Facebook and for uh, the shares or the retweets on Twitter and for spreading it everywhere, dude. You rock. I'm glad you're into all the stuff that we're digging. Uh, My student, Matthew Berry. Dude, thank you for checking it out. Also, stick around for the end of this podcast because we are going to talk about that graphic novel that you just finished reading. And Ernesto Balcazar, thanks, buddy, for checking this out also i really appreciate it um and then on itunes these are usernames so please forgive me i don't quite know what to make of some of these names uh thank you for the five star rating crapco and then thank you for the five star rating and review uh, both these guys reviewed great and gave us five stars positive positive remarks across the board uh car 23 los so whoever you are thank you also you guys rock we appreciate so much the five star reviews and we're gonna go ahead and move into the graphic novel review which i am so excited excited for because me too i read this for the first time about a month ago and man did i deprive myself of a great story for all these years um it's you want me to go ahead and say you want to say no go ahead it is the new frontier by darwin cook and first of all, this is a massive, massive graphic novel. It's the size of a phone book, but oh my god, it is packed with such great stuff. More it than is, 500 pages. Yeah. Um, so let's let's just go ahead start start this discussion right now because I I loved this book so much. Um, it's written and penciled by Darwin Cook, whom we all know or you might not know passed away two months ago, three months ago. Yeah, about two months ago. Um, from cancer, mm-hmm. and this was. This was one of the things that um, sparked my interest in in finally reading this book because I had heard all along that this was such a, a great seminal piece of comic literature, and I, with him passing, finally made me do it. And man, am I! I'm. It. We lost a genius. Yes, yes passed we did. Away. Yes, we I think did. it's one of the top three books, graphic novels I've ever read. That's mm-hmm. and that's what I told you when I was pitching it yeah. to you. Um, so let's let's the, go across the board here. Let's start kind of. Try to be succinct at the beginning with your comments and everything. Go ahead, John. You look like you're ready for something. Uh, no, why don't we get a quick summary from someone that actually, you know, like, um, uh, you I'll, know, a premise on the, I'll on start. the book. Well, yeah, I'll go um, ahead. It's kind of tough to uh, to give it a premise. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on. Um, it starts out. Start in the time period. It starts out in, I believe, what is it, the 20s? Or no, I mean, no, the 40s. 40s. The Late 40s. 40s. And you're dealing with the Blackhawks. Any of you. The uh, losers. The losers. The prologue, dude. Uh, the, the, the thing that. Darwin Cook. I, I didn't mean to cut you. No, off. no, no. The thing that Darwin please. Cook did so well mm-hmm. is he mixed in lesser known and peripheral characters and made them important to the story. Pivotal. Yeah, they are the setup to the story. I mean, the Blackhawks for all those old school DC nerds out there, were, those guys don't get a lot of love. I mean, yeah. you, well, I, I was shocked at how many characters Darwin Cook brought in. Whether it was a cameo for a panel like Vandal Savage or characters like the Losers that yep. actually had had. Uh, you know, um, a big part to play. Mm-hmm. They start out at just the beginning, but what what they did really has long lasting effect. Uh, and you know, this is really, I mean, it's a transition from the golden age to the silver yes. age yes. And, and beyond Graduation. Of, of DC. Yeah. You know, you have the JSA that, that starts off the story, right? And and they retire because basically, you know, the government wants, you know, they almost all a civil war, but before civil war, mm-hmm. yes. You know, yes. Uh, they want to register the heroes. They want to, you know, they want to know who these guys are. And the JSA was like, we can't do that and still protect the people. So no they way. walk away. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you have you have Superman and Wonder Woman who are doing the work of the government. 
you know, in, in like Indochina and, and being the good soldiers. Um, and then and Batman and, Bat- <laughs> and Batman. <laughs> um, and then, and then <clears throat> but you also get, you know, origins for, you know, the Flash and the Green Lantern mm-hmm. and How Martian about that Man Flash scene in the, uh, the, what was it, the casino? He's busting Captain Cold. Yeah. And he rushes up and gets a quick little, like, peck on the cheek, kind of like swoon with this really, really good looking girl. And takes a drink, I think, and then knocks him out. Yep. It's just this book is that. You can't help but smile when you're reading it. But make no mistake about it, not a kid's book. Some seriously adult and and things that need to be brought up and said, man. I agree, but at the same time, excuse me, at the same time, I think older kids could pick it up and enjoy it for what it is being a superhero story. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's some stuff in the John Henry Irons that uh, yeah, that's that's hard. Look, that's there, hard Neil Roger through, yeah. went went for probably about an hour, starts, an hour and a half talking about this. It starts in the '40s, late '40s, mm-hmm. right at the end of World War II, and goes up to I would say what the '60s. Yes, yes. It gets into the '60s and it's first the appearance, whole transitionary JLA period. number one. Um, but yeah, go ahead and finish ends. what you were saying. I just wanted to add. No, there 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 have to be uh, minimum three moments in this book that stopped me cold in my tracks and made me think about what just happened yes. the little girl man. you know and, yeah. and with that one with john henry irons because and, and this is just a you know it's a very small part of the book but it, there's a recurring um you know uh theme with with john henry irons and him being a vigilante in the south you know basically his his uh his cabin and uh, uh you know home were burned to the ground by the kkk mm-hmm. he was hung but the branch snapped and, and he survived. Yes. And then he go he's he as a vigilante. The, note, the noose yes. as part of his, he wears his it. costume. Yeah, yeah he, he wears, wears the wears the noose. And he sings an old song that is an old plantation song. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's yeah. uh it's very eerie, but inspiring in the same mm-hmm. light, man. It's it's good. There like you said, there's points that just Yeah, well oh, when what? he yeah, at at the end of his story, there's a scene with a, with this little girl. And oh. he and he reaches yeah. out for help, yeah. and oh, oh my God, what what she said after that, what yeah. what transpired? Look, I grew up in the South, and this stuff is, you know, it's kind of a sensitive topic, and I I was just I was horrified by what happened, yeah. you know. But it was absolutely, I swear to God, it was absolutely emblematic of that time period. Yep. So yeah, um, <clears throat> a testament to a. Uh, Darwin Cook is that there's so many characters in here, but he knows the voices for each and every single one. They're distinct and they are exactly how they should be. And consistent throughout. Yes, exactly. And and I gotta say the, the art it's refreshing. It, it's it's very you know it's very cartoony, but it's so good yes it's so well done so good and i think he was perfect for that story for that reason because his 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 art style is so nostalgic yeah you know it's so nostalgic that it harkens back to that time but it's written with a modern voice it's it's such an easy read and and powerful i mean it's so good yeah there's this uh there's this scene where hal is basically fighting a uh, fighting a korean um uh, soldier and he's trying to remember the Korean words to say, like, oh, you know, stop. Uh, we should make- note that in this iteration, Hal oh. Jordan is pretty much a pacifist, uh-huh. and he's still flying for the Air Force. Yes, so he doesn't want to kill people. He'll be the decoy. He'll do whatever he can to help, but he doesn't want to actually kill anybody. Right. And and he, you know, he's trying to think of these Korean words of, you know, stop, uh, make war no more, it's over. And 
you know, he can't find them. And then he uh, he has to kill the, the the soldier. And once he's on the helicopter, that's all he can say is those Korean words. Stop. Yeah. It's over. Make the, one the, no more. The, the, absolutely true. Before before we finish up this review, uh, I want Jonathan to talk for a minute <laughs> about about the relationship between this story and 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 uh, Batman story. versus Superman. All right. The movie. First, yeah. Okay. So all the points here are fantastic. I love his version of Hal Jordan. I love his version of Barry Allen. Martian Manhunter is a pivotal character in this. I can't stress enough how great all these other things are. But um, Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman are, are, are I don't want to say somewhat secondary characters because they, they are the ones that came before. They're the ones that set everything up. And they're the ones that inspire this next generation of heroes. When this graphic novel came out, um, and uh, they included some bonus material, and some of that bonus material was a one-shot from when they released uh, the animated version of this movie. All right. Now, this one-shot consisted of the meeting of the Trinity. Okay. Now, my biggest beef with Batman versus Superman, as are a, a lot of other people's beef, is how. Batman and Superman at the end of that fight kind of like the Martha thing. Everybody everybody knows. Spoilers, yeah. but the Martha thing. Lois Lane shouldn't have been there. I've said from the get-go like the minute I came out of that movie why didn't Wonder Woman show up grab them both by the scruff of their neck tell them to knock it off exactly. and this is what we have to do in order to save the day. Darwin Cook did that story in this one shot. Sorry for screaming and, into the mic, but I was so angry when I got through that one shot and I saw the, they could have done page for page, panel for panel, the fight between Batman and Superman and how Wonder Woman breaks it up and says, this is what we are meant to do. Stop fighting each other. It was so good. It was so perfect. And it made me so angry that that was not the source for Batman's versus right. Superman. They, they used the wrong source they used material. The wrong source material. Frank Miller, screw you. Darwin Cook had a better idea. <laughs> so that was that was my my one thing that I I had with this that and it made me love this novel even more. I was like, holy crap, he did it. He knew. Yeah. He knew how to, to to honor all three of those characters and write them the way that they should have been in that movie. Right. Yeah. So um, let's let's do some star reviews on this thing because we're we're a little over time. Five out of five. Five out of five, absolutely. Five out of five. I'm gonna give it a two. No, I'm just kidding. Five <laughs> out of five. That you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. First, complete agreement over over a graphic novel. There will never be anybody like Darwin Cook. He will be missed. Yes. Amen. Absolutely, man. So, are we gonna try to do some some questions? Field some from sure. Facebook. Do it. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, one of the questions that we got was the. Oh yeah. Uh, Facebook. There's a post on Facebook. If you guys have questions that you want to hear our uh, ridiculous opinions or answers to, you can go to the the Horizon Comics Facebook page, find the All-Star Comics podcast post, and submit your question there to be possibly answered on air. Yeah. um, Okay, so somebody threw out a question. I didn't write down the the username. Sorry, but they wanted to see pictures of us. (laughs) Oh, okay. Dude, you're going to be disappointed. um, Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll take care of it. Um, look, look for that uh, soon. Another question was uh, thoughts on Suicide Squad, the movie. Jeff. That was from Jeff Caparula. Uh, thanks, Jeff. I haven't seen the movie. 
I'll, I'll let you know uh, next week. I did see the movie last night, as a matter of fact, and I really enjoyed it. And hmm. I think it's a step in the right direction for DC. I don't know why it's getting the hate that it's getting from some of the the, the sources that it's getting, and I know even some fans were a little disappointed for it, but or with it. But I think if you take your mind out of the fact that this is not a Marvel movie, yes, it's fun, but it's not Marvel fun. It's DC fun, and I think it's a step in the right direction, and, and hopefully we're going to see more things bringing this universe together. I have not seen it, guys, so I can't give a review, but I'm excited. If it's not the Wonder Woman movie, I have no interest in watching it. <laughs> so. I, oh, man, I can't wait for that one. Yeah, either. yeah. All right, guys. There's a, there's one more question uh, from, from Carlos. Look, dude, I'm going to save this for the Sunday episode because this is this is going to require more than, than a couple of minutes. Sorry. <laughs> so you're going to have to wait till Sunday. All right. As always, you can like Horizon Comics on Facebook. You can follow at Horizon Comics, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and if you want to follow any of our personal accounts, you can find me at at St. Jonathan, S-A-I-N-T-J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, all word, on Twitter and Instagram. Johnny? Uh, I'm at the Johnny 2 by 4 T-H-E-J-O-H-N-N-Y-2-X-4. And... Lane Long John at uh, Facebook.com. <laughs> Sounds great. There um, we go. So, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for rating. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Woo!